Welcome to Radical Resilience, the podcast. I'm your host, Pega Kadkodian. Resilience is more than just learning to bounce back from adversity. It is both a spiritual and practical journey of returning to the essence of who you are. With Radical Resilience, life can throw anything at you, and no matter how tossed around you get, no matter how hard you fall, you have the ability to get back up and come home to yourself. Here are the inspirational stories of women who embody radical resilience and learn the resources you need to reclaim your passion, purpose, and power. Okay, welcome Radical Resilience listeners. I'm so excited about today's guest. She is someone who is so dear to me. She embodies resilience in such an amazing way. She is an incredible artist, blogger, and overall creative. I had the amazing good fortune of actually living with her when I very first moved to California. We had an amazing little household with my puppy dog and her kitty, and subsequently have stayed friends. She actually joined forces with me for a short time and then supported me with some marketing and social media last year. Um, She has subsequently moved on to bigger and better things and is making amazing art in the world. I am so pleased to introduce you to our next guest, Miss Amanda Whitworth. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. So what I'd really love to talk about today is, you know, you have such an amazing story of resilience as it pertains to a number of things. Uh, But in particular, you have an incredible story of resilience as it relates to your health. So tell us a little bit about your story. I never know where to start with this because it's basically a 20-year long journey of dealing with cancer and just the emotional aftermath of not only my own cancer diagnosis, but those of um, family members as well. Uh, The short of the long is my mom, brother, older brother, and I have something called Lynch syndrome, which um, is hereditary non-polyposis colorectal cancer, or HNPCC, and um, which basically increases our lifetime chance of getting various cancers, predominantly colon cancer by 80%. Um, and then for my mom and I, uh, uterine and ovarian by about 40 to 60%. And then there's just a long list of other cancers as well. So my mom's had cancer four times. She's... Um, had colon cancer twice, endometrial cancer, and most recently bladder cancer. My older brother had colon cancer at 26. I had um, large colon polyp that was in the last stages of turning into colon cancer at 24 and had surgery and actually almost died from that surgery. And then three years ago, I was diagnosed with metastatic cancer of an unknown primary source, um, which was the result of growing a large tumor in my left groin. <laughs> that is just incredible when you hear something like yeah. that. You know, it's difficult enough to be given one cancer diagnosis and maybe even one member of your family, but to think about multiple members of your family having to endure multiple instances and different kinds of cancer and just the incredible courage and strength that it takes to deal with that is is kind of mind-blowing and then of course your own story of you know two different cancer diagnoses or at least one definitive one and one you know pretty big scare tell us how you and your family have been so incredibly resilient i mean is the only word that comes to mind of course you know how have you been so 
you know, because most people I would say, and many of our listeners could probably relate because cancer runs so rampant, unfortunately, in the world. And, you know, I think a lot of people get a cancer diagnosis and they immediately go to the worst case scenario, or, it, you know, that tends to be the, the mindset that people go to. Of course, many people shift their mindset about it and it becomes an opportunity to really turn their lives around. But just tell our listeners, if you would, how it was that you received that information first time, second time, heck with your mom, fourth time, and how you guys have been able to demonstrate such incredible strength and courage throughout. To be honest, I think we all handle it a little bit differently. I think my family really applied a lot of humor throughout the years to it because, I mean, not only did us three, my, my mom, brother, and I um, get cancer all these different times, but in, in there, my grandpa got it three different times, um, and he ultimately passed away um, about seven years ago, six years ago from it. And then my cousin, who was a year older than me, got a rare form of stomach cancer, and she passed away within nine months. So we, and then we had a really, really close family friend who got cancer and passed away right when I was going through treatment. And so we just, like, we were surrounded by it. We had no other choice than to try to figure out how to to deal with it in a somewhat productive way. But that's not to say like there wasn't a lot of emotional repercussions as well. All three of us handle it very differently. I'm probably the most emotional one in the family. And I think it, it's hit me the hardest emotionally. I've always just been a highly, highly sensitive person. And I'm incredibly deep and just feel things on a different level. Like it's a whole body experience. I think one of the ways that my family does process things is we kind of like, we, we add a lot of humor into it and we, we've definitely normalized this experience throughout the last 20 years, which in a way I think is a coping mechanism. I mean, there was really no other way to do so because, I mean, when I tell them my story, it's overwhelming to me. So I can't imagine what it, it does to other people. And so looking back, it makes sense as to why, you know, we normalized it. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, somebody else is diagnosed now. Oh, okay, somebody else is diagnosed now. And, you know, we'd find ourselves kind of like not laughing at about, about it like ha-ha funny, but just like, whoa, are you kidding me? Like this is happening again? And so I don't always feel like I am super resilient. Um, you know, I'm definitely human and I'm actually having a pretty emotional day about it today because I was filming a YouTube video and just kind of rehashing it and telling my story to my channel. And it's, it's long and it's overwhelming. And basically though, we don't really have a choice other than to kind of take these experiences and try to do something good with them. Um, that's how well, my family let me just say, because we were we were talking when we were mm -hmm. offline here a moment ago about you know, you said I don't I don't necessarily feel super resilient today, and I said well, but here's the thing about this model of resilience that's a little different maybe than how most people might define resilience. You know, resilience. The reason we call it radical resilience here is that it's not about getting up every day and feeling like you're absolutely slaying it at life. It's about taking the things that life delivers us and then deciding what we want to do with that and how are we going to respond to that. And the reason I think you are incredibly resilient, no matter how emotional you might be feeling today, is that every time life delivers you something new that feels like an adversity or something really challenging, 
I've seen you now for five years, take that and turn it into something beautiful. And by that, I mean, you either channel it into your incredible woodworking and your art, or you take it and you put it into your writing in your blog or creating this YouTube channel. And so you take these things that life has given you and you turn them into something incredible and you do it for other people and you create something good in the world. So to me, that is the definition of being resilient is you could lay down and be a victim and let it define you, but you don't. You take these things and you choose to empower other people with them and make other people feel like they're not alone. And that is what makes you resilient to me. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And you know, you're right. Like, I don't know how to do it any other way than doing it that way. Like, I refuse to have these things happen to me in my life and not try to take it and turn it into something powerful and good and help people. But it's also incredibly healing for myself as well to help people with my story. Well, I think that's really the key, right? So, for those of us and for those listeners who are tuning in, I think, you know, the the thing I'm hearing you say is cultivating a sense of creativity, which of course is one of the pillars of the seven pillars of radical resilience to cultivate creativity has been sort of the key component to your healing. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, actually at the same time that I was diagnosed with cancer, I um, started doing my art, um, my wood art. If I didn't have that outlet during that time, I think that my outcome and my overall experience would have been completely different because I was able to go down in my shop and just channel all of my emotion into my creations. And during that time, I mean, created some incredible pieces that were a reflection of kind of the process that I was going through emotionally. And just like my writing uh, was like such a huge outlet for me. I blogged about the whole experience. And yeah, I'd say that creativity is such a powerful way of going through the process of anything somewhat traumatic in our life. Definitely believe in that as well. Well, I, I love hearing that. Thank you for that share. And of course, you know, we'll make sure that all of our listeners know how to find you both on Instagram and other social media channels so that if they do want to check out your incredible art, your blog, your YouTube video, that they have access to that. I just also would love to hear a little bit about some of the other healing practices that you incorporated into this process of, of cultivating resilience and kind of bringing yourself back to center uh, with not only with the cancer diagnosis, but of course, with some of the other obstacles that you've had, you and I connected initially because we'd both been through a, a divorce that was pretty painful. And I just would love to hear about some of the other practices that you've brought in when you have faced adversity in your life. I think the biggest practice that I have started incorporating is just getting back in touch with who I am at the deepest level of my being and kind of stripping away all of the stories that I took on throughout the years, whether that was through family, society, peers, whatever. Um, a big practice for me has been, um, it's actually this fun little game I, I kind of created. It's called, Is This Mine? And every time kind of a thought that comes up for me, that is a little like, I don't know. I don't know if this relates to you, but like you, you find yourself saying something and then you kind of like catch yourself and you're like, I don't even know if I really believe in that myself. And that's actually been a huge practice for me over the last couple of years, just kind of just deconstructing my belief system, which actually 
ultimately led me to where I am today, living on the farm and um, in a yurt, just kind of coming back to myself, what I believe in, what I want my life to look like, and how I want to continue creating a future for myself. Just a lot of awareness, like personal awareness, kind of, yeah, deconstructing beliefs, Well, I love hearing that because, you know, again, just to kind of bring it back to the radical resilience pillars, one of the key components of radical resilience is to really know who you are. In fact, that is how we define radical resilience is when you know who you are really at the deepest level of yourself. And I always like to quote Oprah and say, and you know whose you are, then nothing can really shake you. I mean, certainly life's going to deliver certain opportunities for us to be shaken, uh, sometimes shaken awake. But when you know who you are, then you come back to center every time. And so in the radical resilience model, you know, we refer to that as uncovering your true identity because we do identify so much with the roles that society gives us, right? So Mm -hmm. society says we should be this way or that way, or I'm this person or that person. And for a lot of our listeners, it's, I'm a mom, I'm a career woman, I'm a wife, I'm a, you know, you name it. And at the very core of who you are, you kind of lose touch with the essence or the essential part of you, which is ultimately this divine aspect, right? A divine manifestation of source energy. And I love hearing that that's really been the key practice for you and deconstructing belief systems, which is a huge part of this work, as you know, Mm -hmm. as we've done some work together. So that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. And so with the last little bit of our time, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about some of the creative endeavors that you are embarking on right now and uh, how our listeners can find you. Yeah. Well, I have a blog that I've been writing on for probably about seven years. It's just amandawitworth.com. You can find me on Instagram, which I share pretty regularly, but I'm on a little bit of a break right now, actually. And that is underscore Sadis and Soul. And then I just started a YouTube channel, which is all about sharing my life of slowing down and simplifying um, and kind of just coming back to myself and my authentic self. I share everything from farm life to yurt life. And ultimately, like I just started sharing about my cancer journey. I mean, there's no way around it. Um, It's such a huge part of why I'm where I am at today. And then I am a wood artist, as I've said, and that is all kind of peppered throughout all of these outlets as well. So fantastic. If people wanted to check out your art, certainly they could find that on your Instagram and your website as well. So amandawitworth.com is the website and then underscore sawdust and soul is the Instagram handle. And then how do they find your YouTube channel? How do we find you there? Um, It's just Amanda Whitworth. Great. So if you guys want to check out that YouTube channel, Amanda Whitworth, check that out. I'm sure there's some incredible nuggets of wisdom and insight and certainly so powerful to be able to hear an individual story as they move through this incredible hand that you and your family have been dealt. It continues to blow my mind uh, always. So I really want to thank you, Amanda, for coming on, for sharing your story, for sharing with our listeners what an incredible journey you've had thus far. You have so much more ahead of you, I'm sure. So excited to see what you're going to bring us. I know that 
there's a book on the horizon for you. We've talked about it a lot. So we'll be excited to hear about that when it comes out. Hopefully you'll come back and be a guest on our show again once that is uh, published and up and out there for the world to consume. <laughs> now the pressure's on. <laughs> I know, right? So I, I, I talked about it. Uh, I talked about it on the airways. So now you got to write it. I think it's just because so many of us would benefit from that gorgeous story and your, your beautiful writing. So again, thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully have you back on the show again real soon. So thank you so much, our beautiful Radical Resilience uh, listeners for tuning in today. We'll be back again next week with another amazing guest and another incredible journey of resilience. For now, tuning off from my heart to yours with so much love and aloha. Namaste. I'm Pega Cadcodian. Thank you for listening to Radical Resilience, the podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and rate. And remember to share this with all the amazing women in your life. Join us next week for another episode of Radical Resilience, the podcast.